it looks difficult, but actually I think it's one of the easiest platforms to connect with people from a totally different background. And it's not like Facebook where you have to go pushing around, find communities, and you might not be invited or you might not be friends with that person. Everything's open, open everywhere. A lot of business owners tell me they don't get Twitter or how it could help them grow their business. Many say they find it overwhelming because it's so fast moving. They'd love to give it a try, but have no idea where to start or what they could possibly post about their business. Others tell me they used to like Twitter, but are out of touch with it. They're not sure how to get back into the platform or if they should even bother. Have a good idea about who your audience is and then be obsessed with them. The more you're there, the more you get to know what makes them laugh, what makes them groan. And if you can talk about those topics, you don't need to put any promo out. In this podcast episode, you'll hear from three business owners who've built successful communities on Twitter that help them promote their businesses. I've seen inside kitchens all over the world. I've peered through people's bookshelves and admired their cats. Build a community of like-minded people who share your interests. It's a shared experience we're all having together on Twitter. You'll get practical tips on how to build a community on the platform, including how to use Twitter chats and lists to grow your audience. This episode has been created using content from a session on Twitter growth at my recent Courageous Content Live content planning event. The session was hosted by podcast producer and editor Charlotte Foster, who you'll hear introducing the speakers at the beginning. You'll also hear from food historian Paul Couchman, author and book coach Tim Lewis, and social media trainer Hel Reynolds. And if you still have questions after you've heard them speak, stick around because I've also included the delicate questions, which may also be on the tip of your tongue. You're listening to the Courageous Content Podcast. I'm Janet Murray, and I love helping coaches, creatives, and entrepreneurs create super engaging content that generates leads and sales for their businesses. No one starts a business and just knows how to create engaging content. It's a skill that has to be learned and practiced, and there's always something new to learn no matter how long you've been in business. And I know running an online business can feel messy. Perfectionism, fear, self-doubt, and other mindset stuff can stop you showing up online in the way that's best for you. So you'll get help with that too. Ready to get courageous with your content? Let's get started. We're going to start off with the fabulous Paul Couchman, who is the Regency Cook. Which food reminds you of your grandparents? For me, it's seed cake served with tea in proper cups next to a blazing coal fire. What's your grandparent or food memory? I'd love to know. I put this out as a tweet and I got floods of replies. Here were just three of them. Steak and chips from my Belgian nan, especially after having a cone of chips with mayonnaise after their first fry. Also her meatball soup. I could cry at the happy memories. My grandfather taught himself how to cook after my grandmother died and went through all her old recipes, learning each one. His favourite recipe of hers is plaited dough covered in syrup, and it requires several hours of lying down to recover after eating. But it is so good. My gran made the world's best apple pie with apples from the tree in her garden. Thick, juicy slices, perfect pastry. It was absolutely heavenly. Miss you, Granny. There were more than 1,449 replies and 902 retweets. People shared personal details of food and family life, and a week later, the replies are still coming in. The tweet I read to you and all the replies it got is a reflection of how I do things on Twitter. 
I start food conversations, create food connections, and build delicious relationships with every tweet that I send. I share recipes and let people see who I am with pictures of my kitchen, my cat, and my allotment. I bring them into my history world and interact with them. Twitter has really worked for me for the last four years. I have an audience of almost 4,000, but more importantly, people really engage with my posts. It hasn't always been like this. It's taken me four years to build up this audience steadily. All I've done is to follow Janet's advice to the letter and adapted it to my particular historic food niche. Here are three rules that you should follow, perhaps, on Twitter. Number one, be seen as someone who starts the best conversations in your niche. Be a curator of news, tips, and in my case, recipes. Things that people will want to share with others. Remember that everything you say in the ballroom or online will not be forgotten. So be helpful, courteous, and above all, generous in helping people and introducing people to each other. Share other people's content. People will remember you for it. And thirdly, build a community of like-minded people who share your interests. It's a shared experience we're all having together on Twitter. You may be asking, what's the point? Well, I put out links to my email lists, to my website. People really do click through. But most importantly, I sell on Twitter. Yesterday, I released tickets for my historic 1830s mince pie online course. To test for this presentation, all I did was send out a single tweet. I sold three tickets. And people told me that they bought it, that they were looking forward to it via Twitter. Why do I like Twitter more than any other social media platform? It seems more equal. We can respond to each other with written messages, photos. I've seen inside kitchens all over the world. I've peered through people's bookshelves and admired their cats. If you're new to Twitter, don't despair. It takes time to perfect your tweeting skills, just like everyone doesn't first shine at the first ball. But slowly, you will learn to say what people want from you, and people will flock to you for that, for your advice, your guidance, and to buy from you. And maybe they will also tell you how much they miss their ground. Thank you. Next up, we've got Tim Lewis, who is the host of Indie Author Chat on Twitter. Over to you, Tim. Well, because most of my usage and why I recommend Twitter is nothing to do with producing content, but is interacting with other people's content. As a platform, I always recommend Twitter as the place to start in terms of networking or any kind of connections with people like journalists, or people in your industry, or people you want to connect to. And there's a couple of reasons why Twitter is so fantastic as a place to start on social media. The biggest one is it's a totally open and transparent platform. It looks difficult, but actually I think it's one of the easiest platforms to connect with people from a totally different background. And it's not like Facebook where you have to go pushing around, find communities, and you might not be invited, or you might not be friends with that person. Everything's open, open everywhere. You can see what everybody's saying to everybody else. So if you wanted to connect with somebody about mince pies, for example, you could search in Twitter and then Paul's name might come up and you can say, oh, yeah, I can reach out to Paul and connect to him. Similarly, if you were really interested in finding a journalist who was the mince pie specialist from Mince Pie Reporting World, then again, they'll probably come up in the search on the uh, Twitter uh, thing. So it's a fantastic place to start. I wouldn't ever recommend it necessarily as where you keep those connections. A lot of the time, you're better off to 
communicate, make them a Facebook friend or a LinkedIn contact or something like that, because Twitter DMs, are, as everybody knows, are on a great platform. From my own personal experience running a Twitter chat, Twitter chats are one of the most fantastic ways to make connections on social media in general. And I'm mindful of the time here, but with my own Twitter chat that I, I run on behalf of the Alliance of Independent Authors, so I actually get paid to run a Twitter chat, dare I say. But the reason it gives them such good value is that Twitter chats are a fantastic way of getting user-generated content. So let's say you run a Twitter chat every week with your community. Not just are you building a community, but you can also create a blog post where you can embed every single tweet from that every week. And you're not doing anything. You're not producing the content yourself. All you have to do is think about what the topic is and maybe do the admin and the rest of it. I do an awful lot of little clips of videos. And those are from the various shows that I run, live shows and other things. And I take out little one-minute clips. The way that Twitter is fantastic is like a trailer platform. So if you've ever gone to the cinema and you've watched a trailer for a film, you can do the same process on Twitter, either for your live show, and it could be a video trailer, it could be a text trailer, a little snippet or a quote. So Twitter is a fantastic platform for just giving that tiny little hint Next up, we have Hal Reynolds, who is, and I quote here, a goddess, as well as in her spare time when she's not being a goddess, she's also a social media trainer expert. And just, I think social media goddess is what we're going to go with. Twitter is my favourite platform and I'm a social media trainer. So it's my business to be around in social media places. It's about 2008 or 2009 that I joined Twitter. So I've been there a long time. And, and I've got loads of followers. Now, the reason that I think that's really useful is that everyone who has followed me, I've probably made some effort to follow first because they're all people who are the right people for me. I sell courses to corporate communications and PR people. So I've got a really clear audience. I know in my business who I want to talk to and who I want to come you know, like train in from us. So it's really easy for me to find those people on Twitter and follow them first. And if you've got a relevant looking profile, if you look like you're going to give some kind of value to that person, and that value can just be amusing them or not being boring, they'll probably follow you back. So I've built a following of people who are really loyal. Like It's lovely for me to go on Twitter because I know I'll get a response. And tumbleweed is probably one of the most depressing kind of responses to what you do on Twitter. A lot of people are scared of Twitter because they think it's toxic because they'll see Piers Morgan and those people we were looking at earlier on in Janet's session. <laughs> toxic people on there. But, you know, you attract what you are. If you're positive and you've got a subject matter that you want to talk about, you'll attract those people back to you, especially if you make efforts to find them first. So the real key thing I think of when you're using, thinking of using Twitter and using it effectively, not just kind of going on there and hoping it's going to work, is have a good idea about who your audience is and then be obsessed with them. <laughs> so there's nothing that I tweet that I don't think, what will my audience think of this first? So sometimes people will tweet me and they'll, you know, they'll ask me to retweet things and it's nothing to do with my audience. You know, like my audience is corporate comms people in a job. That's not me anymore. I used to be that person. So if it's something to do with business, I'm not going to share it on my Twitter because I protect my audience from stuff that they're not interested in. So I'll always try to keep 
anything that I'm talking about really focused in on their experience, on how they experience anything from funny things, things that annoy them, things that are useful. And it's useful, I think, if you're using Twitter, just think about what your topics are that your audience likes talking about. So my audience, they might be ex-journalists. They're all kind of writers of some description. They create content. So they're all fueled on coffee. They're mostly parents and they're knackered. They probably get stupid requests from their colleagues. They hate Comic Sans, the font. You know, like I just get to know them. The more you're there, the more you get to know what makes them laugh, what makes them groan. And if you can talk about those topics, you don't need to put any promo out. Like you can, I put promos out occasionally, but I'd say one in every 30 posts is a link to my courses. The rest of it is just connecting with people, making them like me. And all of the business that I get that comes through Twitter comes from someone in the DMs going, do you do any social media training? Do I do any social media training? That's all I do. Have you seen my website? But I don't care as long as they want to work with me. The key really with Twitter is use it to get people to like you and then watch the sales come in as a result of you building something that's a bit stronger than sales. Then use Twitter lists also. Twitter lists are very handy. So if I went onto Twitter and looked at my home feed, that's a very fast moving bunch of all sorts of pap that I'm not interested in. I'll use Twitter lists to collect a bunch of people that I think I'm interested in talking to or interested in learning from on a a specific topic. So I'll build a list of those people and it'll be private. They don't know they're on the list. And then when I go to Twitter, I can just look at only the tweets that they're sharing. And then when I go and look at that list, all I have to do is just reply to them like, oh, that was a really interesting link. Thanks for sharing. Or funny you should say that because that happened to me the other day you know you just get small talk in there but these people then get to know and like you and they're invested in you and next time they need social media training it'll be me they think of so it's like honing in on who you want to talk to and schmoozing and don't we all love a little bit of schmoozing that's is it better to join twitter as your personal name or as a business i would have both i have got both but mostly people want to talk to a person not a logo so I would say definitely pull on the power of the fact that people want to talk to a person rather than a brand. You'll always get a warmer response. I think it's okay to have a handle that's your business handle, but you should have it based on one person. One person is the person who represents that account. A lot of accounts that are company ones, they will put the name of the person at the end of it. Do you just scroll through tweets to ones that you like in the same way that you would on, say, Instagram or Facebook? How do you get those tweets that you aren't necessarily following to start with? Twitter lists is a good good way. So find someone that you think is perfect and have a look at their lists and see what the names of their lists are. Everyone will give their list a name. So if it sounds like the kind of people you want to talk to, follow their list and engage with those people. And then they'll keep on turning up in your home feed. Think of it as a massive online database of interactions between people. Say you wanted to talk to people who like horror. You can go to Stephen King's account and you can look at everybody who's following Stephen King because he's got several million people. But that can work. So you've got people who follow people. You've got people who use particular hashtags. You've got Twitter advanced search and you can search by all sorts of weird things in Twitter advanced search by location. You need to go out there and do a bit of research into using Twitter to find the right tweets and people to follow and the tweets you're interested in. Kim, you've just reminded me of, of a tip. 
that I do probably on a fortnightly basis, go to your competitors, look at who follows them and follow them. Because if they like your competitor, they might like you. And you'll just add in value for them. Um, And no one knows you're doing it. You're just, you know, collecting the people that they've collected already. Yeah. I love that. And you can create private Twitter lists. If there's a select group of big people who are connecting with your, you could have them on a very small Twitter list you could check every couple of hours and show them lots of love and attention and then get them away from your competitor onto you. How much time do you need to spend on Twitter? How much time does anyone have, I think, is the answer. A piece of string, how long? (laughs) No more than, than you want to, is my answer. It starts getting where you feel upset because it's not right or you know as soon as you dislike it just don't do it i know it sounds a bit flippant but if you're not enjoying it you're not doing it right so just find another platform if you don't like it i don't know how much i spend on there because i enjoy it so it tends to be when i'm procrastinating and i want to distract myself for five minutes or i'm waiting for the kettle to boil it's that kind of stuff it doesn't feel like work it feels fun yeah and i agree with that as well it's it's the same i just enjoy it so much i can get really carried away with it but I, what I tend to do is chunks I do about half an hour and I put out five tweets and I respond to um, things that people have responded back for a little while and then go away and then do another few in the rest of the day so I do it in little patches that really works because it's really important to actually engage with people who are responding to your stuff I really try and do that as much as I can because that's what makes the difference to me that's what builds up the community yeah I mean a tip that i I would turn off the notifications of the Twitter apps on your phone and then create your own notifications based on timing to say, check this Twitter list, check like check Twitter this, because Twitter especially is a very chatty notification app. And if you just let it sort of jump up and down, you'll be on Twitter all day. And I'm not necessarily recommending that unless you want to become a Twitter specialist and give up your business. But Twitter is very manageable in terms of time, but you have to be a little bit disciplined about muting it and then create your own notifications to say, even if you just do like one notification, four o'clock, check, check Twitter for half an hour, you could run, you could use that for your business as a way of doing it. Uh, possibly you would say you probably want to do it more than once a day, but yeah, you should be in control of the notifications, not the app. I hope this episode has encouraged you to give Twitter a go in 2022. If you enjoyed this episode, do tag the speakers in. And me, we'd love to hear from you. You heard from Charlotte Foster at CF Podcast, Paul Couchman at The Regency Cook, Hel Reynolds at Hel Reynolds, and Tim Lewis at Stone and Press. And I'm at Jan Murray UK. I'll link to all of those Twitter handles in the show notes. Would you like to create super engaging content about your business and do it consistently? If so, you need my Courageous Content Planner in your life. It's a gorgeous A4 desk diary that's so simple to use because it's based on my 4x4 strategy, which involves posting four styles of content four days a week. Yes, content planning really can be that easy. There's templates for daily, weekly, monthly and annual planning so you know exactly what to post, where and when plus hundreds of ready-to-go content ideas and prompts. So you'll never run out of ideas for social media posts again. And accountability trackers to keep you consistent with your posting. The Courageous Content Planner is both practical and pretty, with four gorgeous cover designs to choose from. So if you want to ditch the content overwhelm and you want a simple content plan you can actually stick to, head over to CourageousContentPlanner.com. 
to audio copy today. Thanks for listening to the Courageous Content Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share the episode on social media. That way, more people can benefit from the free tips and strategies I share. And be sure to tag me in when you do. I'm at Jan Murray on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok.